I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, and that means that you are certifiably awesome. As you know, if you've been listening to us, I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for artists in the US. We're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and of course, marketing and selling your art. Today, we've got Colton Briner here with us on the mic. Colt is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to add some stank to your marketing approach. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what he has to say. First, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Colton Briner and ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Colton Briner is the founder of Scrappy AF Solutions and is a top-notch marketing coach. He uses what he learned as a CMO helping grow a business to a $1 billion, that's a B, billion dollar valuation to take average performing marketing teams and make them exceptional. And we're going to tell you how to do that for artists. Colton specializes in viral content development, commercial campaigns, and account-based marketing. He helps young organizations get their branding and marketing up to par with industry incumbents and supports established businesses in accelerating their growth and building pathways into new markets. Once again, we're going to talk about how this all applies to you as artists. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Colt. Right on. Thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate you having me here. Ah, it's such a pleasure. So before we dive into it, Colton, I know you're coming from a marketing background, but I want to ask you this question anyway, just to get our, help our listeners you know, get your connection to art a little bit. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Oh, wow. Um, performance art uh, is my earliest memory of it. I volunteered for uh, a youth theater during high school. Um, I worked with them for four years as a lighting designer, which is an art form in itself. Uh, probably as far back as that goes for art for me. But I've started creating my own art, I would say, in college, working with um, materials like natural materials, like rocks, colored rocks, that type of thing on, uh, wooden backgrounds, gluing them in different arrangements and color spectrums, that type of thing. That's very cool. And I think a lot of people have these similar experiences when we're young of being in, whether it's a youth theater or whether it's, you know, some type of art camp that our parents have put us in. Um, it's such a neat thing. And I think it's something that, you know, for the parents out there to think about, like, you know, how do you get your kids involved in art early? Because it really makes an indelible impression for life. Um, so thank you for sharing that, Colt. Appreciate sure. it. Absolutely. Um, 
from here, let's jump off into some questions. So you have hands-on experience boosting B2B marketing. And that's Mm -hmm. a a term I want to quickly unpack because I throw it around all the time, but not everyone knows. It's business to business, correct? So tell us about the, what what are the two terms, B2B and B2C? Tell us what they are. Sure. Business to business, meaning that the people who you're trying to sell to are in or part of uh, businesses. Um, So you'd be reaching out to folks in specific roles in organizations, CIO, CTO, CMO, that type of thing. You're targeting businesses and there are specific individuals in there that you're trying to reach. B2C means you're a business selling direct to consumers. Uh, That's sort of the, the broad market writ large. You can find... Uh, businesses uh, marketing to companies like that on TV, on social media, wherever you find kind of the public gathered is where you'll see those marketing efforts taking place. Cool. So B2B meaning we're dealing directly with from one business to another business and then exactly. B2C with, to the consumers, the end people who are buying whatever it is. In this case, it might be art. 100%. Um, so on the artist business plan, we always say artists are their own business what is the first step in identifying your strengths as a business, as a business artist? Wow, great. Um, a great first step. And I, while this is true for most businesses, I believe it's especially true for artists. And that is that your strength will be rooted in your story. Um, so I learned from my dad that there that there is such a thing as a great wine. He's a winemaker. Um, uh, uh, he owns a wine brand here in Napa, Sonoma. And what I learned is that a a great wine is about 20% how you make it and 80% to do with what people can say about it when they share it, right? So wine is not just something that you can drink. It's a way to share something about you and your life with your guests, right? So yeah, you pour the liquid into the glass, but then you verbally share the story to that audience. And that can be like a, a place you've been people you were with at the time when you encountered the wine, if you met the, I'll say the artist, right? The winemaker who created it. So the best wine always comes with a story. So what I would say, just in terms of guidance on this, think about you. Think about your art, your style, your background. Do you have a unique process, unique materials? Are you using a special new technology to create your art? Some engaging backstory, like your purpose? Like, why are you making your art, uh, your lineage or your heritage? Are you, do you have deep cultural ties that your art is driven from can't, it's not always easy, right? If you're struggling to figure out what those strengths are, how people see you as strong in one area or another, ask, right? Ask people around you, friends and family. Um, if that's not working, you can hire an expert to, you know, walk you through a process for this step. That's something that I do for, uh, for companies and individuals. Um, but if you want to attempt it, like on your own, spend time trying to find others that do what you do or similar things that you do. And it will give you great context for identify, identifying what makes you unique. You can see the things that you'd say, yes, I'm like that, but also see the things that you would say, well, I'm not actually quite like that. So you could start to sort of hone in on your own special story. And one more pro tip on that is if you pay attention to what other artists, sorry, what other artists' audiences are saying, you can learn more because it's often the case that that businesses and audiences have a disconnect on what's special. You know, I really love both of those as jump off points. I think that these are undervalued uh, positions, right? Like, you know, it's not about comparison. It's not about like, 
you know, any kind of like negative comparison or like, you know, oh, I'm just like this other person. Mm -hmm. If you can find certain similarities and then use that as the jump off point where you figure out what it is that makes you different and also what makes you similar, because that'll help you explain that special, unique trait or that, that unique story that's attached to you and your work better. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You're so right. I have. So, so one thing I believe about good art is it it's going to, it's going to get you an emotion. It's going to evoke an emotion. Um, and that emotion to me always intensifies when you have a story behind it. In in my den right now, I have what I consider like the most incredible piece of art I've ever seen in a home. And it's definitely talented work. Definitely. There's talent in this work, but what makes it incredible to me is the story behind it. So my, my lovely lady, Julia, told me this story about its background, its meaning to her, why she wanted to give it to me as an expression and a gift. And when I look at that art, all that's there. The story is there uh, and the meaning is there. So it's, it's not just what happens to my eyes as I look at an object. It's what happens in my brain, my heart, the emotion that's there. That story makes all the difference. Yeah, it's re- it's always the story, and and I think it's interesting, you know, you coming from a position of an art owner or an art collector, or whatever mm. we want to call it, because um, I feel very similarly with every piece of art I own. It's, you know, it's always the the story of the artist, and often the story of like how I met the artist, how I acquired this piece. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I have one painting I bought from an artist who I met in Mexico City seven years ago, and you know, and I'm still friends with, and so it's like a nice story when someone says, "What is that?" It's not just like oh, this is a painting. He got a degree. It's about this. It's like about like how I interacted and met the artist. And that may not be the same for everybody, but it, for many of us, it's really, really important. So, so important. Yes. Yeah. I fully agree. I'd love to talk about this one all day, but I have to move on to our second question here, yeah. um, which is how can artists capitalize on their mm. strengths or as you call it, put some stank on it to start marketing themselves more effectively? Yeah. Okay. So, well, stank is a proprietary formula. I keep it in a vault. It's scrappy. Um, no, just kidding. So <laughs> stank, uh, what stank really means is, is coming unreservedly from a totally authentic place. Uh, it's the opposite of like vanilla marketing for the sake of just reaching the widest possible audience. Uh, if you think some important part of your personality might turn some folks off, well, focus on it and go hundred <laughs> um, percent. You, you can't be unique, special, or like like probably most importantly, valuable without being different, right? So let's say vanilla ice cream is your baseline. The only mm-hmm. ice cream anyone has ever known may be vanilla. Now, if you come along and toss chocolate chips in there because chocolate is your jam, now people can connect with that. And people who don't like chocolate won't, but people who do, they get to see you and say, I like what this person did. Oh, I'm sorry, Colton. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, that was the end of your sentence. I apologize. I I, I kind of missed the step there. Um, w- would you mind would you mind repeating that bit about the ice cream at the end? We'll cut. We'll cut what I'm saying right now. But would you mind repeating the ice cream? Sure. So at the end of the day, it's really about being memorable. And memorable can be uncomfortable for some people. But it, p- expressing your story, your personality, your truth from an authentic place—that unreserved authenticity—is really what putting some stank on it is about. So. If vanilla ice cream is the baseline and it's the only ice cream everyone's ever known and you come along and toss some chocolate chips in there because chocolate is your jam, that's what you're about, some people won't like it, but others really will, right? And and now you get to find that people are connecting with you because you brought something that was uniquely you out into the marketplace rather than trying to be everything from everyone. 
So start with that step one, which we talked about earlier, which was find your story, what's making you unique and lean in. Don't, don't be afraid to be authentically you. I love that. So guys, it's all about being unabashedly authentic and unique and bringing what's special to you to the table. And I like something you said there I want to underscore, which is don't be, don't try to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's just like foundational to all marketing. And I always say it's really important to artists too you know, really take, you know, put some stank on it, be authentic with who you are in your work and how you present yourself in your work. It's not about being everything to everyone. It's impossible to do that. So might as well just lean into your strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, Love that. So as a marketing coach, what are some of the things that you look at in your clients as areas that you commonly see that they need to improve on in order to start seeing these results we're talking about? Oh, sure. Mostly, uh, mostly what I see are things that they're not doing. Um, well, a great example is they're not following the seven touches rule, which is, a, it's like, that's pretty well known in the marketing space. But what it really means is generally speaking, people aren't going to take uh, an action unless they've had seven interactions with you or your brand or your product. Um, you know, you've kind of brought information to them, sent them an email, a phone call. They've seen something of yours on, uh, on Instagram, Pinterest and Etsy, something like that. They, they really have to encounter you and your work multiple times. And a lot of people, they get discouraged that, you know, they thought that they created something incredible and, ah, just, you know, they showed it to somebody and they didn't buy it. Well, it takes a lot of touches to make that happen. And people can get discouraged uh, in that process and kind of give up. Second is, you know, they don't just execute on the super basic stuff like the smile and dial on the pound and pound the pavement, meaning that they actually do write the email, they follow up, they find the people who are connecting with them, they respond, they engage. I mean, these are the fundamentals of, of building relationships before a sale actually gets made. Um, another area where I see businesses kind of falling short is they're not experimenting. I always recommend the 80-20 rule. If you've got um, proven ways that you're able to generate leads, close deals, make sales, cool, go with that. But but take 20% of your 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 budget and your effort in a given time period, you know, quarter, a year, and try new things. I mean, there's new channels popping up all the time, new platforms. Uh, you know, four years ago, TikTok, nobody even knew. Um, and now it's, now it's huge. Same thing applies to, you know, any social media you can think of. It wasn't there until it was there. So use 20% of your time to experiment. And if something doesn't work, great, toss it out, do the next thing. And if something does work, now move, move that over to your 80% pile and eliminate the lowest performing thing that you're doing in that pile. So you're constantly refreshing what's going on there. So the first point Colton made about seven touches rule, right? Like seven times someone has to be familiar with something before they actually make a purchase. And I speak from great experience with the art fairs, with super fine art fairs. You know, artists, you're showing an affair in a booth and your work is anywhere from, you know, a few hundred dollars to several thousand up to even $10,000. For a person to walk in, they don't know you yet. They don't know your work yet to walk in and to walk out spending $5,000, it's it's not impossible. It happens, but it's not the most likely thing. The most likely thing is that they become familiar. That's the first touch point where they discover you and your work. And then it becomes important for you 
to gather information, to create relationships over time that ultimately result in purchases and not only in them buying your work, but then them becoming ambassadors for your work and sharing you and your work with other people in their network. But really, I mean, think about that seven touches rule. I mean, you can try to get it down to less than seven, but really remember that, you know, someone may need to, especially for higher priced items that include art, as much as we all want to think of art as an absolute necessity, it's definitely a luxury item for people, you know, that you have to touch and create those relationships over time to build sales. And then the third thing that Colton said here about the 80-20 rule, I think that was probably the most interesting interpretation of the 80-20 rule that I've ever heard, because we often focus on doing the 20% that works or investing, you know, all of our resources into the most, but using that extra bit that as experimentation room, so you have what works for you and then using that 20% to experiment. And then if something sticks, move it over to your wheelhouse, use it, and then cut the thing that works least well out of your wheelhouse. Uh, I hope I paraphrased that correctly, Colton. 100%. You totally got it. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Guys, we're going to come right back. Colt is going to tell you more of what you want to know about reaching out to collaborators and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back with Colton Briner. So Colton, what is the best way to reach out to potential sponsors or collaborators that can help you grow your reach and your money-making potential? Oh, sure. I, I, I always encourage businesses uh, that their best channel is their existing buyers. Um, if they're already enrolled in your purpose, they will feel accomplished and rewarded for supporting you and leveraging the network of your existing buyers, your customers. If they understand what you're looking for and they're a fan of what you do, they like you personally, they like your work, they think you're making an impact on the world, they're going to want to connect you with the people that you need. So always start there. I think, you know, reaching others through like uh, account based marketing, uh, meaning you know who you are trying to reach. Um, and you're going to understand who they are, where they are, learn what you can about them. And you're going to use the rule we talked about in, in your uh, earlier question, the smile and dial, right? Send the emails, leave the phone messages, that type of thing. Just really persist in, in figuring out who you need to talk to and going after them. Um, I also feel like like maybe even work trade with local videographers and filmmakers to tell your story in a high production value format can make you a more desirable collaborator and and a more attractive entity to be a sponsor for. So that's like creating content while you create your art. And you can outsource every aspect of this, right? You can outsource the, the videography, you can outsource the editing, 
all that stuff doesn't need to be in your wheelhouse. But if you can bring people in to help you create content while you create art, I think you'll be heading in a great direction. And I always look for um, opportunity dense contacts. So if I think about, okay, I'm an artist, I want to get myself placed where a lot of people will see it, they'll become attracted to it, they're feeling good where they are. So I'll look for uh, event planners, uh, people who are doing weddings, maybe corporate events. I want to get my uh, my art placed in high exposure environments and then make it really easy for people to identify who I am and say, wow, that's a really cool piece. This is really cool art. I want to see what else this person's doing. Uh, you know, and online is great, but you know, don't forget about everything you were already talking about, you know, farmers markets to like high-end galleries. Put a consistent effort into in-person opportunities and 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 get seen. Absolutely. And just to kind of rehash here, smile and dial, like finding the people that you want to reach out to and then reaching out to them. And and the one that I might add to that is, and we tell a lot of artists this, um, end with a question when you're sending an email rather than the proverbial, let me know. Um, let me know doesn't always go anywhere, but asking a question can. Like, do you have any opportunities? Could we, do you have an opportunity next month? Like whatever it may be, whatever you're actually reaching out about kind of asking them, you know, how can I be involved instead of just letting them, you know, passing the ball to them and hoping they pass it back to you. I fully agree with that. Getting out there in person into those high traffic places and something that Colton said that I really agree with. If you're going to do that, if you're going to, you know, get that exposure through whether it's hotels, event planners, offices, whatever, make sure that your information is available. And we have these wonderful things that everybody now knows how to use uh, thanks to the pandemic, which are QR codes. They're wonderful. They're mm-hmm. they're really, you can have so much information linked there. We're all using them every day. And, and so if you can, you know, you're, you're offering value. You don't never forget when someone approaches you for one of these things, you're offering them value in the form of your art. So the least they can do is offer a way for their audience to connect with you and your work. So definitely, definitely have that available. I think that's so, so important. Um, thank you so much, Colton. Um, this has been an amazing chat. We're kind of coming to the end here. So I really want to bring it home. What are three ways to gain more credibility as a business so that clients will start coming to you? We call that inbound leads. How do we get those as an artist? Uh, I think number one, if, if you're trying to create credibility with people that you don't know, uh, use people that they know. (laughs) So what that really means is making it easy for your buyers to spread the word about you and your work, right? So you're empowering them as your evangelist, which means that when you send them, uh, ship them a piece of art or send them home with it from a show, that you've given them the, the tools to discuss who you are, what you do, your backstory, your strengths uh, with the, the guests that they bring to their home or to their office or wherever they're going to have that art displayed. Uh, that piece of art I was talking about that sits above the couch in my den, uh, that gentleman actually sent along uh, really nice, uh, glossy postcards, pictures. You get a couple shots of him doing the work, which is great. You're like, well, that's how he does that. Right. And now I'm excited when somebody comes over and they ask about the art, I pull that out. Right. And Oh, here it is. And yep. QR code right on there. If they want to follow him uh, and his work, or maybe get to the website and start ordering for themselves. So I'm very empowered by that. And my credibility is being borrowed by that artist when it comes to communicating with my friends. Second is, you know, I think the strategies that I use in the B2B space, they still apply here, right? So um, if you want to increase your credibility, things like 
credentials, little literal credentials, right? Your education, your experience, testimonial statements, always very valuable. Um, getting published, right? So you've assembled uh, a nice photo glossy book of your work or something like that. And you have a book or you have um, knowledge to share in terms of technique or process. You're an expert in this area. Uh, so that's like found object welded sculptures. You've got the process down. You literally published the book on how to do uh, great work in found object welded sculptures. And then last is getting photos of your work uh, placed in environments that your target market finds valuable. So a photo of your work in the state capitol for you know an audience that might find that to be prestigious if, you're, if your audience looks for that type of stuff or a photo of your work placed in a spiritual retreat center, right? So now you're working on a different value system for a different audience or a high profile office building. So you have an artwork of yours in the, uh, the Google infinity loop, right? Um, oh, did I get that right? Is it Google has the infinity loop? Anyway, <laughs> close. We'll look it up after. <laughs> sure. We'll look it up right on. And then, um, if you do have uh, businesses or institutions or even famous people that are your clients, there's a lot of credibility in that, you know, assuming they're okay with you sharing that information. And, you know, if uh, this is credibility builder for me, right? I'm on a podcast. There's podcasts for artists to discuss process and their work and their backstory and just get their um, information out there. Getting onto a podcast is a great way to build credibility. And then maybe last, um, if you can get third-party accolades and awards, that you're an awarded artist is definitely a credibility booster for people that that type of art is important. If you are um, somebody who works for a business and the CEO said, get us art for you know the new building uh, that we just bought, she doesn't hear, she doesn't necessarily know what great art is. So they're going to look for the, the cues that there's a great artist here. Oh, here's an award-winning artist. Great. This, this is a great place to start. I'll, I'll use them, right? Guys, I love these. So number one, borrow others' credibility and make them your evangelists. I love that word. We were using that word so often. I started doing pop-up events even before Superfine back in 2014, 2015. Uh, I haven't used it a lot lately, but it's so amazing. You want that. You want people to evangelize you and your work. That is the best. And you, and you can control it. It's not just something that happens by chance. You can create those ambassadors, those evangelists for you and your work. Number two, literally writing the book on it. Like if you know how to do something really well, literally write a book. It's never been easier to do that. And it doesn't need to be like a novel. It can be, you know, like more of a how-to guide. It can be anything. You can publish it physically. You can do an ebook. You don't have to wait to be discovered. You can do that at any moment and it lends credibility and you can link to it and sell it from your website and also just have it as something that you can show people. An artist actually showed me a book they wrote last night at an, at an art show um, and I really enjoyed it. It was a coloring book. So um, <laughs> if he's listening, I hope, I hope you hear this. Um, but it's very cool and, and it was a self-published thing. So it's something you can really go out and do. And getting those photos of your work in situ, which kind of goes back to the previous question and you know the opportunity to trade work and with other professionals or, you know, to maybe partially trades so who still pay them some uh, money, but also not as much maybe as, you know, a big company might pay for something and get some really good pictures of your work in situ in places where uh, it, it brings some kind of credibility or prestige, like, mm -hmm. you know, a, a public office, a school, uh, any kind of public setting. I will say that is, in my opinion, huge for artists because a lot of corporate clients who come 
um, to us at Superfine or to artists individually. I actually had one come into my inbox today that was for an artist who just showed at our New York fair from someone who sits on the board of a university. And they're going to want to see if you've done something like that before. If your work has been shown in that setting, how does it look? It, you know, Can you work in scale? So having those high quality, high res pictures of your work in situations where there's prestige and where there's, you know, that kind of level um, is so, so helpful and important. And lastly, third party accolades, becoming the best artist in something or getting an award or whatever it may be, that's going to help you a lot. But all of these are in your power to do and to even if you can't do all four, you know, pick one to focus on and start building from there. Uh, I think that's a great strategy, Colton. Thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So this has been an incredible chat. I want to bring this home fully right now for our listeners out there. What is a call to action that you want to share to our business artist community out listening today? Um, I would say lean into your strengths, express what's comfortable, what you know you can do well. Um, bring your authenticity out there. People are looking right now for something to connect to. And the, the radar for, for BS, you know, people faking what they are just to, to grow audience, the radar has become finely tuned out there. And we're really just kind of scraping around for something real. Uh, and authenticity is real. So I would say if you want to lean into something, lean into who you really are and what you really want to express. Guys, lean in to who you are and what you want to express. I could not agree with that more. To all of you business artists out there, Colt has been here with us today sharing his amazing perspective with you. You're definitely, definitely going to want to go back and take notes, which you can do on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Colt, you can visit www.scrappyafsolutions.com. As always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. Anytime you're listening to the Artist Business Plan, please give us a share, share it on your story, make a post, whatever you want to do. We love doing that. If you, if you tag us in your stories, we always restore you. And once again, we would really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. I know you might be listening on Spotify or another platform, but most of our listeners come in through Apple Podcasts. So we really appreciate if you can leave us a review there. It helps others like you discover us and our guests and find what we offer. Um, as always, I would like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick and relevant quote with you all. And today that quote is, the aim of marketing is to reduce the need for selling. That's Philip Kotler. And I could not agree with that more as a marketing person and not a salesperson, which I always have to tell my friends, I'm a marketing person, not a salesperson. So I think that's a great quote to kind of absorb and work into your practice. Colt, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. We are very grateful to you. Run right on, Alex. Thank you so much. It was our pleasure. Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. 
We love to hear what you have to say. So follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.